Take off the blazer, loosen up the tie, step inside the booth. Mr. Monday's Alive, you're listening to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. Give me a call live in the studio at 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. I want to hear from you on this Saturday morning. Uh, we have a phenomenal show lined up for your day here on the Urban Business Roundtable. The show, the Urban Business Roundtable, or we call it UBR. Uh, it's a show dedicated to the creation and growth of the urban entrepreneur and small business owners. We have three primary goals here on UBR. One, we want to redefine the word urban and help the urban community leverage their purchase and power, man. Knowing is power, man. If you got knowledge and you know what you're working with, which I'll talk to a little bit about, you know, being self-aware a little bit later, uh, that's power. When you can understand exactly what you're working with and the urban community uh, has a voice. We saw that in this past election, you know, Shout out to the president-elect Joe Biden and his uh, victory, but make no bones about it. Women, especially women of color, uh, African-Americans, and also definitely women of color, uh, black women, did a great job and was instrumental in uh, his victory. Urban community came out in record numbers with support, pushed them over the top in Philadelphia, in Atlanta, put Detroit, pushed them over the top. Urban, we got power. Use that as a template. Use it as a model of how when we're working together in cohesion, working together in unity, we can do some things. Secondly, we want to be a resource for the creation, sustaining, and growth of small businesses. The entrepreneur said we do that by having great guests on here, by dialogue. Sometimes I play hype man to give you a little bit of inspiration and thought, uh, and then we try to bring on people who have resources and, and ideas and programs that entrepreneurs and small business owners alike can benefit from. And also, finally, our goal is to provide small business owners and entrepreneurs access to capital and opportunities to grow their businesses. Give the information. Lead you to the water. Can't make you drink it, though. So hopefully, we lead you to the promised land, lead you to the, to the river of knowledge, the river of resources, and you drink from it and prosper. <laughs> So that's the goal on UBR. You can catch the Urban Business Roundtable live every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And a condensed recap on Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. And then Thursdays at 6.05 p.m. Joining us today on UBR, we have coming up at 9.35, we have Mr. Kayla Gibson. Uh, he is the Chief Enterprise Corporate Responsibility Officer and Head of Business Banking for Fifth Third Bank. Talk about a, he's going to be on the show talking about a $2.8 billion. I think I got my math right. A $2.8 billion initiative of Fifth Third Bank uh, geared towards addressing some of the inequities and imbalances that exist between, uh, among uh, communities of color. So excited to hear about that initiative. And then coming up uh, shortly will be Cheryl, Cheryl Robinson, owner and president uh, of CR Market Surveys. No stranger here to WVON, and she'll be joining us. So sit back, relax, keep it locked here on the Urban Business Roundtable. Say good morning to my producer, Sonya Levon. We appreciate you. My man Titus on the one and twos. Good morning to you, Titus. Good morning, Curtis. How are you? Can't complain, brother, and I appreciate you and all that you do. And thank you for doing your job on a daily basis. Titus just quietly goes about the business. He's a model of consistency, and we appreciate that. I want you to follow me on all social media outlets on Facebook, that's Curtis R. Monday. Uh, on IG, that's C Monday. You know, get hit me, like me, subscribe, subscribe to me. 
Let's connect. Let's make sure we stay in contact with each other. If you want to get up close and personal to get your financial house in order, simply call my house, my home, my agency, 708-647-1005. That's 708-647-1005. Pick up my book, The Game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor. It's a handbook, a blueprint, best practices you can take out in the field to help you get on the path to building wealth through real estate. Go to my website to get the book, www.curtisrmonday.com, curtisrmonday.com. You know, with the holiday season, when we get a book order, we fulfill every order. The holiday season, it's just crazy. You got to just be patient. I got one gentleman. We've kind of had back and forth dialogue over uh, email. He ordered a book. Uh, we sent the book out. He didn't get the book. He responded back, no harm, no foul. I sent out another copy of the book plus a refund for his initial order. Uh, as a token of uh, uh, my um, uh, my regret for the mishap with his book, the sent out the book in Hazelcrest. It was going to 48th Street in Chicago. The post office sent the book to Iowa. Why? I have no idea. Ask the post office. They have no idea. So I sent it to Iowa, and hopefully he's going to send it back. So just be patient. You know, again, it's it's not, it's not us. We're at the mercy of the third party, the, the post office in terms of getting those books out, but it's, it's coming. Uh, if you need a little bit more in-depth training, the game is now an eight-week online course. We've taken the book and turned it into an in-depth eight-week online course. At the end of eight weeks, students would, A, become more confident in real estate investing. Two, we'll be able to develop a framework for creating generational wealth via real estate investing. And three, be in a position to purchase a profitable piece of investment property. Here's a catch. Only taking 10 students. On his maiden voyage, we're only taking 10 students, and classes start January 4th. Got a couple spots left. If you're interested, call me at 708-505-7072. That's 708-505-7072. Let's figure out if there's a fit. We talk with people. We try to um, see if there's a, a fit between what your goals are and what the uh, curriculum is looking to achieve. And if there's a fit, then let's take action. And this is the crux of the matter, that action part. You see, last week I talked to you a little bit about being able to go from a tale, a T-A-L-E, to a testimony. When I talk to so many people, I get tales of them wanting to create generational wealth. They tell me or give me tales about them wanting to change their financial situation. I'm hearing about their different tales of how they want to pass on something, and that something typically is money or financial resources to their loved ones, family members, etc. But I also hear tales as to why they can't accomplish this. It's bad credit. I got bad credit, Mr. Monday, or got no money to be able to start real estate investing, or I procrastinate. Now, these tales, what they want to accomplish and why they can't accomplish it, whether we're talking about real estate investing or we're talking about, you know, starting a dry cleaners or any other kind of business, it exists. Someone somewhere in the world right now listening to me on the Urban Business Roundtable, whether it be in, here in Chicago or in Atlanta or in, in Vegas, and it has the dreams of starting the business, but it has, uh, they can tell me why they want to do it, and they can also they share a tale as to what was an obstacle. And I shared with you last week that I got to get you guys from tale to testimony, right? Instead of just telling me what you want to do and telling me why you can't do it, I need for you to have a testimony of how you did it, how you were successful at it, um, an achievement to talk about your accomplishment. But the middle glue to that, 
the middle glue is action. Action. To go from a tale, a T-A-L-E, to a testimony, you got to have some kind of action. You have to do something in order to change your situation. If you want to get something that you've never gotten before, then you have to do something that you've never done before. Let me say that one again. If you want to get something that you've never gotten before, then you have to do something that you've never done before. If sitting around and thinking and daydreaming about, oh, how I would love to start this business, or in this case, how I would love to become a real estate investor, has not gotten you to actually becoming a real estate investor, then you need to do something different. Simple. Not a very difficult philosophy. Simple. Sometimes, admittedly, doing something different causes a little bit of pain. Sometimes doing something different causes a little bit of discomfort. I said this before. God gave you a dream. He gave you a vision. The pursuit of that is worth going through a season of discomfort. In my opinion, it's worse to leave this earth with a bunch of ideas and dreams unfulfilled and never taken action upon versus the discomfort associated with pursuing said dream or said vision. So if you want to get something you've never done before, you got to do something that you've never done before. So let me give you two other nuggets that, that was dropped in my spirit this week. The two things you need to help you take action. If you want to go from a tale to a testimony and get in that middle ground action, here are two things you need to help yourself take action. This is transferable whether you want to get into real estate investing, whether that's you want to start some other kind of business that you, you have a vision for. To go from why you want to do it and why you couldn't do it to actually doing it, that action to help you take action. Here are two things I want to drop in your spirit. One, self-awareness. You have to have self-awareness. Self-awareness, by definition, is conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. Success starts with self-awareness. Your road to success starts with self-awareness. Your road to action from going from a tale to a testimony, that middle ground action, your road to taking action starts with self-awareness. You have to be aware that you were created from greatness. And therefore, greatness lives in you. Let me say that one again. You have to be self-aware enough to know that you were created from greatness. Therefore, greatness lives in you. You're a champion. You're a champion, simply. If you're aware enough to know that you come from greatness, then you got to know that greatness resides in you because you came from greatness. So therefore, it has to be in you. That makes you a champion. Champions don't make excuses. They make adjustments. All the tales of credit issues, bad money, uh, no money, no experience, procrastination. Those are excuses. Champions who are great, who come from greatness, don't make excuses. They make adjustments. So make adjustments, right? When you're self-aware, when you're self-aware, it can help you with your discipline. Discipline is key. Discipline helps you to create consistency. All success is as a marathon of consistency ran out every day. 
That's what's that's what success is. It's just being consistent at doing the right things every single day. And so when you're self-aware, you know that you come from greatness. Therefore, you're great. Therefore, you're a champion. Self-awareness can help you with your discipline. A disciplined mind rooted in truth can do the impossible. All these obstacles are stopping you from starting your business, from going to the next level, whatever it may be. Right. If you have a disciplined mind rooted in truth and what's that truth? You're, you come from greatness, therefore you're great, you're a champion, that's the truth. Truth, you can do all things through God, that's a truth. You can do the impossible. Second thing you need to be able to take action, choice. Got to make a choice, right? Got to make a choice. You must discipline your mind and make the choice to be great. You have to make the choice to be a champion. First comes the choice, then comes the commitment. Again, discipline your mind to make the choice to be great. Discipline your mind and make the choice to be a champion. First comes a choice, then comes a commitment. Commit to being great. Commit to being a champion. Commit to pursuing your dreams. Got no more for you on that one, guys. That's all that she wrote, folks. So if you're interested, the game eight-week course, 708-505-7072. That's 708 708- Five zero five seven zero seven two. Coming up at about nine thirty-five. Coming up about nine thirty-five. We have Mr. Kayla Gibson. He's the Chief Enterprise Corporate Responsibility Officer and Head of Business Banking for Fifth Third Bank. After the break, we're going to be joined by Cheryl Lynn Robinson. She's the owner and president of CR Market Surveys. You are listening to the Urban Business Roundtable with Curtis R. Monday. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. Call my office at 708-647-1005. That's 708-647-1005 to get your financial house. Let's get 2021 off to the right start by looking at what you got going on with your portfolio. Coming up at about 935, we have Mr. Kayla, Gip- Mr. Kayla Gibson. He's the Chief Enterprise Corporate Responsibility Officer and Head of Business Banking for Fifth Third Bank. Uh, our next guest uh, is the owner and president of CR Market Surveys, which is a full-service market research firm headquartered in Chicago. Um, she's no stranger to the WVN listening audience, as she once was a former co-host of WVN special segment, Market Research for Success. Uh, her company has assisted clients in understanding changing attitudes, behavior, and lifestyle char- characteristics of uh, the, cu- the customer base. I want to say good morning to my guest this morning, uh, Ms. Cheryl Lynn Robinson. Good morning to you, Cheryl Lynn. How you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Nah, I appreciate you. And again, my, my sincere prayers that during this tough season that we have called COVID-19, that you, family, and everyone you love and, um, and, and concerned about are, are okay and healthy in one piece. Thank you to you as well. All right. You know, yes. Cheryl, Lynn, Cheryl Lynn, when I, when I thought about um, your, your area of expertise, I'm a small mm-hmm. business owner, got what, seven employees. Mm-hmm. I just think about, when I think about my day-to-day, I just think about, like, the two things. The, the act of doing what I'm doing, or what I call the grind, right? Mm-hmm. And I come up with an mm-hmm. idea. And mm-hmm. my idea that I have is just my own Curtis R. Monday idea. It's not rooted in any kind of theoretical or practical 
or educational theory or theorem or or, uh, or or system. It's just a damn good idea that I think is a good idea, Sherilyn, and I mm-hmm. actually do. But as I read mm-hmm. your bio and learned more about you, there's mm-hmm. a system to this stuff. <laughs> there's a methodology mm-hmm. to being able to, 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 to figure out what your customer base wants. Mm-hmm. Why do we miss the ball with that? Like, why don't we think about that as business owners as much? Oh, um, I would have to say it's because of the type of market research that um, most people are familiar with. You think about surveys, focus groups. Uh, it, it may be cost prohibitive for many small businesses to engage in that type of, of research. That's really what it boils down to uh, is, is uh you know, when you use those type of methods, it, it costs money, you know, as simple yeah. as that. Uh, so not many small businesses, and it's really a shame uh, because that type of information is, is really mission, it's critical uh, to understanding um, the wants and needs of your customer base. Um, and once you do that, you're able to get feedback on what those ideas are, uh, you know, and how it will be received with your customers. Um, but what I would, uh, I just want to back up a little bit. I just want to also applaud you when I was listening to your intro. Uh, one thing that really resonated with, with uh, what I do is, is self-awareness, and you also uh, say knowledge is power. I'm like, wow, okay, <laughs> you pretty much, uh, you know, wrote down what my, what, you know, the intro, because that's what market research is all about, is, is really equipping uh, companies with knowledge. Um, the g- good news is this, okay? Um, yeah, uh, market research in a formal sense can be cost prohibitive, but there are other types of market research that any type of company um, can employ now, uh, whether you're just a sole proprietor, um, medium, large-sized company, um, it's accessible. Uh, a lot of information now is, is online <laughs> that you can readily get. Uh, is it to the level of accuracy as employing a, a full-service market research? No, probably not. But it will certainly give anyone direction um, as to um, their strategies for how to um, market themselves to their customers um, and get feedback that they need to uh, go forward. Uh, so, yeah, that's and that's kind of like what I would like to share today. Uh, with our listenership, because it's it's just just as you mentioned, it's just uh, when people think of market research, they think um, immediately, oh, you know, that's something that is out of reach. Um, it doesn't pertain to me. Um, but what you need to understand is market research is just simply the process of gathering data uh, information uh, about uh, your customers, uh, the wants and needs of your customers. Um, if this year has not done anything else, it is certainly has taught us that, uh, you know, you need to be adaptable, sure. you know, as a, as a company. <laughs> yeah, we, we're really living in some um, strange changing. times. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, and we've had it tough, you know, these uh, small, the small businesses this year, especially um, African-American businesses, uh, has, has been disproportionately impacted uh and and we need information um going forward as to how we can position ourselves um for the years to come you know um i i certainly have high hopes you know for this vaccine as 
as uh, many people, but I don't think things will ever get back to the way that they uh, they were. Wow. Uh, so what that means for uh, for us is that we need information about our customer base because I, I tell you what, uh, we want to changes as, as small businesses, but as you know, uh, consumers, your consumers yeah. have gone through many, many changes. They've changed their purchase behavior. They've changed their attitude, their perceptions. And what we need to do uh, right now, going into the new year, is understand how our um, our services fit in with this new paradigm. Exactly. How, how can we now uh, position ourselves to meet those new needs of, of our customer base? Because I tell you one thing, um, they're going to keep purchasing, but it's going to look different. And it's if you can't meet that, right. And yeah. you, you don't understand that and you don't have the information needed to adapt, you're out of business. It's yeah. simple as that. Um, right, can, right. You can see what so, – I'm sorry, go ahead, yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm sorry. Go, you go here. No, to to your point, I, I was going to say we saw one of the biggest business disruptors in, in 2020 in the form of COVID-19. And what you saw oh, yeah. was that those businesses that were nimble enough to uh, kind of mm-hmm. recreate themselves on the fly to, to do different mm-hmm. things were able to have at least some ability to sustain themselves, like restaurants, those businesses that were mm-hmm. able to quickly – uh, implement a, a carryout system or some kind of delivery service yeah. was, was able to, you know, at least keep the doors open and those other businesses right. who couldn't, you know, really, really struggle. With that in mind, right. I want to ask you this question. Why market research? Tell us why market research is mission critical for business success in 2021. It's information. Um, and as you, you, you said before, information is, is, is powerful. Knowledge is powerful. The uh, reason why it's, it's so critical right now is that um, it's two types of information that we need um, as business owners right now that really would help us going forward. Number one, we need to understand our industry right now. Our industry, every industry is going through some changes. Um, we, we need to understand how, uh, w- how it's been impacted by COVID-19, not just by COVID-19, even before pre-pandemic, um, there are technological changes that are taking place that are basically rendering some industries obsolete. We need to know where our industry stands now and what is the outlook, not just for next year. I'm talking about over the next three, five years. Uh, what What is that going to look like in terms of the demand for your products and services, you know, on an industry-wide basis? So that's number one. Number two, we need knowledge, you know, as I mentioned before, about our customer base. How are they faring? How have their needs changed? Uh, what needs to happen for, uh, for my business in order to meet those needs? We need those insights in order to go forward. Why is this information um, critical? Uh, if you want to be in business, you know, that those are so that's some information that you're going to need to have. Um, another reason why uh, companies use market research, obviously, is that when you are uh, working with limited resources, do you really have the money to uh, to put out there and you're not sure as to how it's going to be, let's just say, if you make an investment, 
you don't want you want to be purposeful with with uh, your the use of your uh, resources. And what market research does is that it gives you direction. It gives you a target. Uh, whereas you're more efficient with how you use your resources. Uh, so just an example, if you're going to uh, invest in a, a marketing campaign or maybe uh, invest in that new idea, let's just say that you, you mentioned that you come up with an idea in the middle of the day. Ideas, uh, when you employ those ideas, they actually it cost money. It's an investment in your time. It's an investment in terms of uh, your monetary, your dollars. So you can, yeah, you can make a guess and you can say, well, um, based on my own knowledge um, and my own assumptions about my audience, my, my target market, um, I will go forward and make this expenditure or however way that looks like in terms of carrying out that idea. And it may work. It may not work. But what market research does, it takes out, let's just say, the guesswork. Uh, whereas if you equip yourself with information about who is your target market, okay, you have a great idea, who would be the best target market, who, who, who would you market these products and services to? Once you find out what are their habits, what are their demographics, you know, um, what, what, uh, what information uh, do they, what do they need from me in order to uh, receive your products and services? That's market research, okay? And so what, it just makes uh, use of your dollars more efficiently um, going forward. Also, it helps to ensure that you're offering a product and service that really is going to resonate with your customer. Absolutely. Sherilyn, I, I want to encourage you to, to, to keep up the great work for our small businesses mm -hmm. who, um, who could probably use your services or your expertise. Where can they find you? Um, on my website, of course, crmarketsurveys.com. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the best way, crmarketsurveys.com. Absolutely. Cheryl Lynn, we appreciate you. Keep up the great work. Keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Happy holidays to you and your family. Thanks, and you as well. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Ms. Cheryl Lynn Robinson, owner and president of CR Market Surveys. Again, uh, probably one of those resources and disciplines that as a small business owner, we don't give enough credit to uh, of, of the importance. You need to have some kind of idea what your customer base um, uh, interests are, where they're going, and then monitor, I mean, and then uh, acclimate, uh, acclimate your business accordingly. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, uh, we've got another uh, uh, fantastic business titan joining us here on the Urban Business Roundtable. <laughs> Welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. The game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor, is now an eight-week online course. If you're interested, call me at 708-505-7072. That's 708-505-7072. Our next guest is the Chief Enterprise Corporate Responsibility Officer and Head of Business Banking for Fifth Third Bank. His role also includes responsibility for community and economic development. He has over 30 years uh, of experience in the financial services industry and has extensive experience in strategic planning, operations, regulatory compliance, and product development. He's also been a very powerful voice in matters of community responsibility, accountability, social justice, and broad social equity. I want to say good morning to my guest this morning, Mr. Kayla Gibson. Good morning to you, Mr. Gibson. How are you doing, sir? 
Good morning, Curtis. Thanks for having me on the line as well. Man, I, I can't. I, I I I appreciate you taking time out on your busy day. You got a big task and a big initiative. We're going to jump into. But first and foremost, again, praying uh, for health and safety for you and your family uh, and loved ones as we experience all experience this this COVID nineteen pandemic. No, I appreciate that, Curtis. You're right. It's been a it's been a crazy year, but it's you know there's some things that we're working on to try to help the path, particularly in 2021. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I always love well, one of the initiatives, one of the goals that we have on UBI is to give people uh, information to help provide resources. One of those resources is access to capital. So I, I, as an entrepreneur, I get excited when I got somebody on the phone, somebody on the show to talk about those particular topics. Um, Fifth Third Bank recently made uh, a $2.8 billion commitment. I want you to tell our listening audience all about the initiative. Yeah, so let me let me give it some context too. So obviously, as you kicked off 2020, 2020 is, has wreaked havoc on our communities. Um, so we saw this in the early part, you know, of the spring, right, on the health challenges and how it was disproportionately hitting um, African Americans, uh, Latino Americans, and so we felt that it was necessary that we start to put a plan together to address that more on the equality side. Then we saw PPP, and I know all of your listeners are uh, familiar with the Paycheck Protection Program, and once again, we saw how African-American-owned businesses, women-owned businesses were shut out from that process, right? And then, fast forward the end of May, um, the killing of George Floyd. So um, a couple leaders at the organization, African-American leaders, we got together with all of our leaders and said, listen, we need to double down on our commitment to the African-American community in particular. We need to increase some of our programs as it, relates, as it relates to access to capital. We need to take a bigger voice as it relates to social justice, inequality, and really advocate for our community. So we pushed ourselves to say, hey, we, we have to put um, pen to paper and, and come out with a commitment so that our customers and communities can hold us accountable. And on Monday, we announced our $2.8 billion commitment, um, $2.2 billion in lending, $500 million in investment, strategic investments, $60 million in financial accessibility, and another $40 million in philanthropy. Um, Curtis, the piece that we're really excited about is that we're going to invest over $100 million into key neighborhoods around our footprint. What we have found is that there's a lot of money out there, but it's spread around like peanut butter. But we believe that organizations have to be intentional and purposeful and actually go into the communities and not necessarily just come in and say, hey, this is what we're doing for you, but to work hand in hand with those communities to solve any of the challenges that they're facing. Sure, sure. Now, Kayla, I'll be honest. When I heard about the initiative, the, 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 the business side of me, the business side of me was extremely happy because I, I felt like from the description I read, it hit all the key points, right? philanthropy, lending, investments, financial accessibility. It checked off all the key boxes. But then the other side of me, right, the skeptical, very pragmatic side of me, my response was kind of like I heard this before, not from Fifth Third Bank, but from other, uh, other major banks and, and corporations that have these huge, grandiose initiatives, but it never seems to filter down or impact small businesses of color. And, and what I really mean is that I'm talking about the small businesses uh, of color that has 
20 employees or less, Kayla, or the entrepreneur who's a solopreneur, right, who's doing things on his own. Like these businesses or these initiatives seem to come out, but they never don't fully seem to trickle down funds to some of those core individuals who actually legitimately need those funds. Help me understand yeah. how how your program is going to bridge that gap and address some of those concerns. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I agree with your skepticism there, right? Because when you think about the laws that are in place, so let's talk about CRA, right? So mm-hmm. CRA is a perfect example of how you can, lead, you can lend money to low and moderate income communities um, and not one cent actually go to African-Americans. We've right. seen that. We've seen yeah. that particularly as it relates to mortgage lending and small business lending. So the key with this plan and what makes this different is that that dollar amount is specifically for African-American-owned businesses. It's specific, so, so it's not and one of the things I know that we were, again, very cognizant of, that we wanted to make sure that we had the parity word in our, in our announcement because, again, we want to make sure that the dollars are getting to the right people, the right businesses, particularly the small businesses, to your point. The majority of our small businesses in this country are those with employees less than five, right. right? And those are the ones that get shut out of all these different programs. This program is specifically geared for those types of businesses. Right. And one of the things that we tried to do, particularly in Chicagoland, is try to have bankers that, that are specifically matched towards that demographic uh, of African-Americans, minority-owned businesses, women-owned businesses, and these small businesses. So your program has several different pillars. One of those pillars is access to capital. I read that your plan looks to increase business lending by some 25%. Can you tell our listening audience, what are the quali- if you have them, what are the qualifications mm-hmm. that small businesses need to have in order to receive funding? Yeah, so let me, let me just call out a couple things which I think is really important as it relates to access to capital and, and, and to kind of go back to your question, so what's the do different? Because we've seen this before, so what's different? So one of the things that we've learned um, over the last five years after completing our $32 billion commitment is that in order to get funds into the hands of small businesses, we have to use our partners. And our partners are CDFIs, um, so those are your community deposit financial um, institutions who are embedded in the communities who have loan programs that are that they are able to actually deploy capital faster and get it to the right people. So what our goal is is that we want to invest in those CDFIs and allow them to use their credit policies and their approach. As it relates to Fifth Third, um, you know one of the things that we're going to double down on um, is our SBA government lending because that program is a program that actually opens up the credit box and allow banks to stretch. But we also know that there's only so far we can go, so we, we want to make sure that the majority of our lending and investment is working with some of our community partners. Sure, sure. So so if I got you right, you guys work through a third party who kind of does, they kind of like resource to actually distribute the funds you guys kind of set aside. Did I hear that right? Which is that yeah, with the yeah, so per- perfectly yeah, perfect example um, is like the National Urban League. National Urban League has programs around technical assistance, um, workforce development, and things that actually help small businesses. Uh, there's numerous organizations, LISC, AEO. Again, they have loan programs that we invest in 
um, to actually help them deploy capital. So the goal is to use different levers. Again, if we just use the traditional lever of conventional lending and conventional lending products, we've seen that that doesn't work. And so the goal is not to have customers or, or hopefully convince customers to come into the bank. We have to actually take the bank to the community, and we're going to do that with, with these partners. Will these partners have universal guidelines as the qualifications for what small business owners look like, or would it be unique to their own individual shops? Yeah, it'll it'll be unique to their own individual shops. The one thing that we're really trying to push uh, with our partners is that in addition to the access to capital, there has to be technical assistance as well, because the goal really is that if, if, if a small business isn't bank ready, and, and one of the things that's frustrating for me is that bank ready isn't necessarily that they have a bad credit score. It's just ready for that next level of financing. We ask these organizations to help them get there. You know, one of the differences that we see between African-American businesses and white-owned businesses is the amount of capital and investment that's in that business. And a lot of times it's just based on um, lack of information and the lack of a network. Sure. The goal is with these partners is that we introduce information that allows them to scale their business, but then also to create that network or ecosystem that when they're ready to go to that next level, there's some other patient capital um, investments out there for them. Caleb, how, how come for a lot of small businesses, the, the access to capital comes in the form of loans versus like lines of credit? Yeah. Well, I, actually the way I look at it, uh, is how do we provide not just debt, so both a loan, line of credit, term loans, all of that is debt, and, and a lot of times that debt can think, can think of business. What we're trying to figure out is how do you actually have equity into the business? So equity, you know, one is patient, right? It's patient mm-hmm. capital mm-hmm. so that you have time actually to grow your business. But there also has to be programs out there um, that allows businesses so we can invest in the business in the form of a grant um, that that company doesn't have to pay that back, but it is tied to a specific thing that they're delivering. So, again, if you have small businesses that are committed to, again, like just to social justice or helping out the communities, how do we provide capital that they can actually deploy their services and not necessarily have that debt load over their head? So it's really trying to be creative and have a combination of lending and uh, equity investments into these businesses for them to grow. And that's one of the reasons we invested in the Fearless Fund about a month or two ago, which is a fund that's committed to um, black female-owned businesses. That's, that's patient equity. Right. And, and, and that's the opportunity where businesses actually can scale. The, your plan also looks to increase mortgage spending by some 31%. One of the, the fallouts with COVID-19 is that some major banks like like Chase, for example, basically, in my opinion, have turned their backs on communities of color uh, with some of their guidelines and restrictions as a response to COVID-19. So in, in light of that, uh, how has – what do you see with, with this new initiative to increase mortgage spending by 31 percent? Uh, how will your, your program be able to account for some of the, the unique challenges that already existed for people, for communities of color in respect to credit and income – pre-COVID-19, but exponentially probably have been made worse post-COVID-19. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, one of the things that we had in our press release, and I mentioned this a little earlier, which I think is is a key word in this. So we're increasing our mortgage lending by 31% with a focus on achieving parity. 
and we want to achieve parity in the top eight markets where black Americans reside. So Cincinnati, Chicago, Detroit, Columbus, Indianapolis, Cleveland, Charlotte, and Tampa um, are some of the markets that we're saying, look, we're going to focus not only on increasing our lending in those eight cities, right? But if there's a 31, 31% increase in overall lending, overall lending to black Americans also has to increase 31%. Mm-hmm. And again, we make people make commitments and you look up and you did 31% in those markets, but you didn't do anything as it relates to black Americans. So again, we're, we are going to be very intentional around this. And the reason we made that public is because we want our communities to hold us accountable for that. And, and my commitment, and, and this is the reason why, um, you know, we have to continue to push to make sure that our financial institutions leadership teams represent our communities is that you have to have people on the inside fighting as well to make sure that we're doing the right things for our communities. Now with that increase, that commitment to increase mortgage spending by 31%, does that, does that have any kind of touch or influence on like real estate investors? Like for a guy like me, I, I, I invest, I buy properties distressed, put some TLC and bring them back, which helps to revitalize the community on the south side of Chicago. So do your your lending initiatives also speak to real estate investors who are actively kind of doing things in the community to to help in in that respect? Yeah, actually, I I love that question because that's really important as it relates to our neighborhood initiatives. So one of the things that we've seen um, for years is uh, gentrification where organizations come in and and they want to invest in the community, but then these individuals may not have the same goal that we have, right? And in some cases, you know, this investment comes in and we get pushed out. So we're looking for partners who are are going to be part of the solution, which means that we're going to invest so that home values go up. Um, We want to make sure that money stays in the community. So, so we're, we're willing to partner with anyone who has that same mindset of keeping the community intact and not actually pushing folks out of the community. Absolutely. Kayla, for our listening audience who, who want to stay in tune with what you guys are doing with Fifth Third Bank and this initiative, where can they go get more information? Yeah, no, they can go to our website, so www.53.com slash racial equity. Um, if you type in, you know, uh, racial equity um, behind the 53.com, you'll see a litany of information that we have, not only related to our program here, but also our inclusion toolkit, which just talks about overall diversity and inclusion and some of the things that we all should be doing to, to actually be part of the solution versus the problem. Not a problem, Caleb. We're going to want to say thank you again for all that you do. Be safe. I'm going to put you on hold and make sure that, that the uh, uh, engineer gives you my information so we can stay in contact with each other. Uh, I think your program is powerful. I'm looking, for the, looking forward for the opportunity to try to work with you more, brother. No, that's great, Curtis. It was a pleasure, man, and looking forward to working with you as well. All right. God bless. Man, great, great conversation. Great resource. I mean, he has 30 years of experience um, in, in the industry uh, and a program that, that, that sounds from the description. Um, created to, to help uh, the individuals in our community who really need a small business owner. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful uh, of the uh, work that we can do uh, with Fifth Third Bank. So thank you. Hey, great show as always, folks. We appreciate you and for all that you do and all your support. 
Uh, thanks to the people who make it uh, possible here on the Urban Business Roundtable. Sonia Levon, our great producer, and Mighty Titus, the mans on the ones and twos. We appreciate you. I'm going to take a quick break, about an hour, and we'll be back, we'll be back with uh, She Flips, He Flips. Uh, so we talk more about real estate investing. If you're interested in the eight-week course, The Game, call me at 708-505-7072. That's 708-505-7072. Only taking 10 students. Course, I mean, uh, seats are filling up fast. So if you're interested, let's get on the money. If you need some one-on-one attention, call my office at 708-647-1005 to schedule your free insurance and financial reassessment. I don't do this for my first name. I do this for my last name. Chance Jordan Monday, Daddy loves you. Say what you want to about me. I always know that I did it my way. God bless.